I'm Emily, and this is From Hustle to Hell Yes, the podcast with insights and interviews about entrepreneurship, the culture of work, and how to build a business that thrives with you. You'll walk away from every episode with ways to create more ease, enjoyment, and effectiveness in your business so you can really play by your own rules. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From Hustle to Hell Yes. I'm your host, Emily Carter of Change Agent Studio, and today I want to talk with you about the 15 minutes that can revolutionize how you work in your business. It's called the RISE Framework, and it's built from years of working with entrepreneurs and business owners and noticing some very common tendencies that actually can work against us. So when I began working at a co-working studio under the title Community Curator, I did not know what a community curator did, but I liked the words in my title, Community and Curator, and I was pretty sure I could do it, whatever it was, but there's a lot more to community than what I came into that job knowing. And what I got was four and a half years of education on how to create an atmosphere of curiosity, trust, and authenticity, the building blocks of community. And while I was building the community inside the studio, I also got to see firsthand the kind of pressures that small business owners and entrepreneurs are under. And I realized so much of that stress and overwhelm is due to the cultural influences and conditioning around a few key relationships, the relationship to self, the relationship to time, the relationship to people that matter most to us, and the relationship to work. So I now help business owners and entrepreneurs build structures that support those four key relationships as they grow their business, because it's actually not enough to just work hard to make money. We have to be able to do it in a way that's sustainable so that we can really experience the success we imagine for our future. So today I'm going to get right to the point. There is one thing that you must be able to do in business if you want to hit your goals. No matter what you're selling or what tactics you want to use, it's the secret sauce that takes us beyond tactics and strategies and gives us the ease, enjoyment, and effectiveness that we really need in our business in order to sustain it for the long term, to keep building on our success over time. So what's the secret sauce? It's committing to a focus. It's the number one thing that you need to be able to do to succeed in business. Commit to a focus. But what does that mean? It means focusing on one thing, one piece of your business, whether that's a specific lead generation tactic or a sales uh, process, um, and keeping that focus over a long period of time. And that means experimenting and assessing the effectiveness of what you're doing to build your business. It means testing one tactic or strategy again and again before you decide it's not going to work for you. Because here's the deal. Almost any tactic or strategy will work for you if you perfect this process of experimentation and iteration. Now, the reason that the RISE framework exists is really because of those two things, experimentation and repetition. 
and the propensity of entrepreneurs and business owners to be always thinking about the future without pausing to consider how we might build scaffolding from the places we've been already or you know our desire to move on to the next thing already so listen i'm i'm all about action but doing won't pay dividends if we're not being very intentional about what it is we're doing and how we're doing it So if you've been in the online space for any amount of time and have sought out experts and um, strategies and methods for building your business, chances are you've experienced the overwhelm that can happen when you're trying to figure out what's going to work for you in your business. So when I say commit to a focus, what I'm saying is pick one goal, have one strategy or one tactic that you're going to emphasize for a period of time toward that goal. Now, this isn't particularly new thinking. Gary Keller, uh, who, who founded the Keller Williams real estate giant, wrote about the power of this intensity of focus in his book, The One Thing. But in addition to that intensity of focus, we also want to give ourselves time to make it work. So in addition to focusing on one specific thing, spending you know, at least a quarter of your business calendar on that one thing. So literally taking a few months and ideally a whole year is great for this time frame, and working with it until it's really dialed in 100%. That means doing it again and again right? And that can take time. It might actually take a whole year for you to practice iterating a specific tactic, right? So the first part of committing to a focus is actually being unapologetically single-minded about that one goal and how you'll achieve it. The second part is committing to iteration, to experimenting again and again over time, dialing in the process for better results, because it will take more than one go around for you to perfect that one thing in your business. So compare it maybe to the first time that you went roller skating. Chances are you fell a lot that first time, but it's likely that after a few more visits to the brink, you started to get the hang of it. You gained some confidence. Maybe you did it enough that you learned to skate forwards and backwards. So That's the kind of thing that we're talking about when we're talking about practice. It's really iteration, right? And iteration is practice. So you need to devote a reasonable amount of time for you to plan and execute and repeat that tactic or strategy that you want to implement towards achieving your goal. Because like most things, and just like roller skating, it's going to take some practice for you to become really great at it. So the reason that repetition is important is that you're going to take those lessons that you learn along the way with you, right? You're not going to be starting from the same place every time. You're going to learn something new every time. You're going to get better and better at it. And you're going to do it, you know, in a way that allows you to organically grow as a business owner and learn new things, right? Because now that you have experience doing it, you're going to more readily be able to do the experiment again, right? You're not starting from scratch. You've already created something and that's the scaffolding that you can use to do it again. And so the simple truth is that, you know, one and done can happen, but that's actually pretty rare. And most of what works works because of repetition. So 
just like our glutes on leg day, the more we do it, the better it gets, right? The more it looks the way that we want it to. So I know that sounds simple because it is simple, but simple doesn't equal easy. And that's what we're going to dig into today is creating a structure that supports your capacity to do the work and do that repetition, because that is just as important as the work that your clients and customers pay you for. So the structure that I'm going to share with you today is called the RISE framework. And if you attended the Profit, Purpose, and Pleasure Summit, then the RISE framework might already be familiar to you, but I'm going to add to what you might already know about it. And if you didn't attend the Profit, Purpose, and Pleasure Summit, then this is a great place to start uh, learning about this framework. So what is the RISE framework? Basically, it's a 15 to 20 minute process that I use before I implement anything in my business. I use it with both free and paid trainings I've taken on everything from copywriting and marketing strategies to hosting summits. So if you don't know this about me already, I'm actually kind of a freebie junkie. I love freebies. PDF checklists, yes. 20 minute trainings, I am there. Quizzes, heck yes, I love them. Give me all the freebies. But what good are freebies if you never do anything with them? Well, they're a big time suck. That's what. They're not helpful. In fact, they can be uh, pretty detrimental and pull focus away from where we need to put our attention, especially in those first five years of business. They can just be a distraction. So when I was first getting started building my business online, you know, like I've said before, you've probably heard me say, I didn't intend to start an online business, but uh, launching just before uh, ringing in 2020, launched my business, looked around and said, obviously I have something I need to figure out here because clearly I'm going to have to pivot. So I had to have a process for using that stuff, you know, using all those freebies and figuring out how to operate an online business. And that's how this framework really began. It started with me looking like a deer in the headlights at my folder of freebies, knowing I needed to start somewhere, but not knowing where. And that's how the RISE framework was born. But as I started investing in paid programs, I realized that the framework could help me there too, because knowledge, you know, the information that I was consuming and like really fast, like faster than warm peanut butter chocolate chip cookies right out of the oven. None of that was doing me any good if I couldn't put it into action. I was noticing uh, that when I did take action, it would also look too much like my mentor or guide or teacher instead of like me. And so it didn't land with my audience or it made me feel like I was pretending to be someone else and it came off really weird and not confident. It just was not working for me until I started using the RISE framework, which actually harnesses something that Courtney Foster Donahue said to me. She said, the secret to a profitable course is it leverages your own strengths, your own perspective, your own experience. This idea applies to so much more than building a course. This is you know, this totally applies to building your entire business. So something that I cannot stress enough, whatever your business is about, no matter what you're selling, the secret sauce is you, your strengths, your background and experiences, your unique and maybe quirky way of doing what you do best. And the sooner that you can own that, the faster you're going to be able to hit your goals. Using the RISE framework works 
because it takes that outside information and helps you integrate it in a way that is unique to you, your business, and the ways that you work best. So let's get into how to actually use the RISE framework. Like all great frameworks, RISE is an acronym. The R is for reflection. The I is for intention. The S is your setup for success. And the E is for execution or experimentation. So I'm just going to talk through the framework through the lens of wanting to use, for example, a new marketing tactic. So before you begin the RISE framework, you have to pick a goal to commit to and focus on. So for example, growing your email list to a certain size by the end of the year is a precise goal that you might use the framework with. So the first step in the framework, the R, is to reflect on some areas specific to you and your work. Some prompts that I find help with this are, for example, how does this tactic or idea help you achieve your goal? What does it do that other tactics are not doing for you? How does it work alongside your other tactics in a generative way? That is a way that meshes well and even amplifies the others. Does this tactic feel aligned with how you like to show up in your business, both in the outward facing ways and behind the scenes? Does it align with your values? The second step in the framework is to set an intention for this tactic. This step helps you clarify what you'll do and why and the result that you're looking to achieve. These are your goalposts. And some prompts to help you think about this are, what is the intended impact of this tactic on your audience? How can you know if it's having the intended impact? How do you want people to feel because of implementing this tactic? How will you know you've been successful? What metrics do you want to track for this tactic? Is there anything about this tactic that makes me feel uneasy or resistant to it? What is that resistance rooted in? And how can I manage that or move past it? The third step in the framework, the S, is set up for success. This is where you identify obstacles and support you need. Uh, you also recognize the support you already have or the skills or resources that you have that support you with using this tactic. So some prompts to consider to really dig into your setup for success might be what would prevent you from following through. How can you sidestep, remove, or move past those obstacles? How do you want to shift or change this tactic to fit your intention? How do you want to shift or change this tactic based on your zone of genius? Is there knowledge or assistance or equipment that you need in order to execute this tactic and have the intended effect? What support already exists? What is there already in place that makes it simple to do that? Are there certain things you already have that you can put to use in executing this? What are your non-negotiables as you move into executing this tactic or strategy? So for example, when creating something new, we have the tendency to burn the midnight oil, right? So knowing your non-negotiable commitments, like I will still do my daily walk, but I might cut it down to 15 minutes or 
I usually work until five, but I might need to work until six each evening. But after six, I, it's a hard stop. If I need to, I can wake up an hour earlier and take care of whatever needs taken care of uh, and make more space for, for getting done what needs to be done, right? Those non-negotiable things that you need to show up for um, and, and working those into your plan for success. The final step of the RISE framework is execution or experimentation. Experimentation is just a smaller version of executing a larger tactic. The idea is to invest as little initially to see if it's like worth doing it on a bigger scale. So not everything lends itself to experimentation, but if you're considering taking on, say, a new income stream or incorporating a new area of expertise, experimenting really lets you create many versions of that vision to see if it's workable before you invest more time, money, and energy in executing the full idea you have in mind. There might be some steps that you need to take before you can really uh have some success in pulling in that that larger idea, that larger tactic, right? This is something that I that I work with business owners on, how to craft experiments within their business so that they can see if something new is actually viable for them before making a huge investment. And this is where this is really the E in the RISE framework is where the rubber meets the road. So some questions to ask yourself in preparing for the execution or experimentation of this tactic are things like, do you need to block time in your calendar for implementation? Whatever might be involved in doing the thing. So professional development and education, creating landing pages, writing copy, what are the specific tasks that you need to do and how are you going to fit those into your calendar? So any setting up or prep work that has to happen, make sure that if it takes your time, that you're reflecting that in your systems and processes and laying that out in an easy to see way, right? So part of this is also creating a checklist, what action items need to be completed? Where in the process do they need to be completed? You know what needs to happen first, second, and third, all the way to completing the use of that tactic. And once you have that checklist, it's really about putting a timeline on that, right? And understanding where those things are going to happen in your actual day-to-day -day work. So do you need to set any alarms or timers or deadlines? And this part of the process is where you would do that. So like, go ahead and do that in this part of the process, black out the calendar, make those reminders, set those deadlines. So if you're experimenting instead of executing though, it often looks like everything I just shared around execution, but with just one difference, you're dipping your toes in or doing it on a smaller scale than has been maybe presented to you by a teacher or a guide or a mentor. So before diving into those questions, you'd want to outline what the minimum viable tactic looks like. What's the smallest version of this that still has the intended impact, but at a smaller scale so you can test run it before you go all in on it, right? So this is more like, um, this is more of a, a startup strategy in that tech startup world, it's called the minimum viable product, which is creating a new product and introducing it to the market with like the most basic features. So it operates just enough like the full version that you have in mind to get the attention of customers and get some users. And then, uh, you know, when the final product is released, you know, the full version of that app or whatever, it's created from the feedback of those initial users so that you have a really 
well-defined idea of, of how to sell it, of who the, the key users will be. And so for a service business, you might've heard the phrase, start small. And so that is the idea is starting small is great for experimenting. You're going to get so much needed feedback um, from the experiment that you can then use to create uh, your final product, right? Your final service. So once you've gone through the execution or experimentation, you're going to repeat the RISE framework again, only this time you're going to add a retrospective to your reflection. So in addition to those initial questions that I talked about earlier, you're going to add questions like what went well and why? Um, What didn't go well and why? What do you want to do differently? What support do you wish you'd had? What unexpected problems occurred? What maybe went better than you thought it would? Or maybe what didn't have the impact you intended? And what would make it even better next time? So one thing to remember when you're doing the retrospective is don't move the goalposts. Look at the intentions you set and keep those front and center during the setup for success stage, as well as the execution and experimentation stage, and remember them, recall them, reflect back on them when you're actually doing the reflection side of the R, when you're getting ready to iterate again. Don't change them midway through the execution, because when you're doing your retrospective, it should be based on the original intention, because that's what was guiding your action throughout the process. You can always shift your intention in the next cycle if that's something that needs to happen, but it's really important that you stick with your intentions and and, um, act from a place of knowing those intentions and following through on them so you can have clear lines drawn from motivation to action to results. So now I've given you the layout of the RISE framework, reflection, intention, setup for success and execution slash experimentation. And I've shared some basic sample prompts that kind of go along with with each of those steps. So you can really mold this process into one that works for you specifically and your business. And I'm sure that you can come up with others that apply even more specifically to you and your work. It's really important though, even if you don't use the RISE framework, if it doesn't work for you for any reason, that's fine. I'm not going to be offended and I'm not going to shame you into using it ever. Follow what works for you. The most important thing to do is to commit to a focus and find a framework that is repeatable, that gives you information for the next cycle of creation in your business. The RISE framework can be done quickly to give you an action plan in the time it takes you to like eat lunch. And it's really intended to help you make the repetition in your business easy and effective. Now, there's one last thing that I want to share with you. If you've been listening to me for a bit, then you've heard me talk about hustle culture and toxic capitalism and the beliefs that we've been conditioned to accept as they relate to our work. The things that we accept as a given, like do more and do it faster, productivity as self-worth, success is a limited resource. Stuff equals happiness, growth at all costs, forward movement at all times. The RISE framework is meant to help you grow sustainably without burning out or stalling out on your path to success. It helps work against that conditioning because those things aren't actually true. 
Your productivity is not your self-worth. Sometimes forward movement is not helpful, right? So the RISE framework is really help is really meant to help you grow in that sustainable way. And the reason that this, con- this condition creates problems for us in our business is because of the four relationships that we all have. They're always operating and having a huge impact on our business. So I call these the four ships, and they are your relationship to self, your relationship to time, your relationship to work, and your relationship to the people who matter to you, your family and friends, your community of support, your clients. Part of what impacts your business is the system that we're operating the culture that we're immersed in, the conditioning that surrounds these four relationships. So when we're too influenced by hustle culture, these relationships suffer. There are lots of people out there that will encourage you to work 24-7 on your business, to hustle now for bigger payouts later. But the truth is you're a better business owner when you give yourself permission to enjoy what you're building while you build it. You're more creative, you're more efficient, and you're much more effective in what you do when your cup is full, and you're better able to respond to the needs of your customers and clients, when you're operating from a place of knowing you're already receiving some of what your business is capable of giving you. The RISE framework is meant to help you with your relationship to time and work in a very specific way, but each of these four relationships all impact each other. They don't exist in individual bubbles. So by improving just one of these relationships, you inevitably are going to see benefits in the other relationships too. So things like project management tools, core values, self-care, these are all methods for improving these four relationships, or as I like to call them, the four ships. No matter what you're working towards for your business, these specific unique to you relationships are impacting your business and you know, intentionally engaging with them is how we set ourselves up for success, how we make it inevitable that we'll be successful. The RISE framework gives us a way to achieve the kind of focus that's like miracle grow for your business. It works because of how it frames your work in relationship to who you are and how you spend your time. So next week, I'm going to be talking more about the four ships and give you some ideas on how to create a rising tide for you and your business. Thank you so much for listening today. If you want to dive even deeper in today's episode, just go to www.changeagent.studio slash podcast and look for this episode's show notes, sign up for our newsletter, or hit up our Facebook group, From Hustle to Hell Yes, where we discuss and share even more resources for building a thriving business and actually playing by your own rules. Thank you.